Welcome to Fresh Takes on Tech. I'm your host, Bonnie Estes, Vice President of Innovation for the International Fresh Produce Association. On the podcast, we get to hear from people that are shaping the produce industry with solutions to our biggest problems. Join me as we uncover the opportunities and advancements shaping the future of produce through a tech lens. Welcome to Fresh Takes on Tech, where insight meets innovation. Hello, and welcome to today's show as we continue exploring climate smart agriculture. Today, we have Julie DiNatale, Vice President and Chief Sustainability Officer of FMC. I was looking at your background and you've had sustainability roles before most people even knew what that was. So you've been doing this for a while, right? Yeah, that's correct. I um, went off to uh, my undergraduate thinking that, you know, I grew up near a uh, large chemical plant and wanted to make a difference. And so I went to school for environmental science and then got a degree in environmental toxicology and worked in health, safety, and environment for 10 years at a company called Kodak. So uh, yeah. small company. We, we didn't call it sustainability at all. It was called no. stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Flashing forward in your career. So can you start by defining FMC sustainability commitments? You've made some big ones. Yeah, so we, you know, FMC has is been on a sustainability journey for, you know, over a decade, even prior to that, as the company has really made a strategy and made made changes as the companies evolve. So the company now is a pure play agricultural input company. And we've we've put our sustainability commitments into three big buckets into protecting the environment innovating for our product line and for the future of agriculture and engagement. So in each of those, you know, they all have their own specific strategies and goals and outcomes that we're looking for, but we are very advanced in terms of our thinking of how we can move the company forward and starting with protection where we are making a path forward to reaching net zero GHG emissions by 2035 and our target are approved by Science-Based Targets Initiative. We are also looking to move towards 100% waste to beneficial reuse and also having our 100% of our facilities into a water stewardship program by 2035. So not, not for the faint of heart there, but we're well underway and we have support of all of the employees and all the leadership here at FMC to do that. Then we move to how, how are we innovating for sustainability on the acre. We are in such an important part of the ag value chain and servicing humanity broadly with bringing food to the table, bringing resources to the table, whether it's clothing, biofuels, other things in the pharmaceutical or even bioplastics industries like packaging. And that's really important to understand that in FMC as a crop protection solutions provider, we're not just bringing to the table an, another herbicide, insecticide, fungicide, or biological that's that's just like one that was from yesterday. We're constantly advancing to minimize the impact to the environment and minimize the impact to human health, to use AI and other technologies to be sure a farmer can accurately apply that product and do the most with the least. So that's really important to understand that, you know, as, as the world advances and there's a lot more mouths to feed, but expectations of protecting human health, environmental health 
increase, we want to make sure that our farmers can still produce food and other resources productively. And then lastly, we engage with all the stakeholders that that touch this space and making sure we have a social impact, whether it's human rights and internally at FMC or with our suppliers, as well as helping our farmers, the smallholders, get access to knowledge, to education, to resources, teaching maybe a group of women that are farming also how to do beekeeping. That's one of our projects. Or uh, teaching youth how to support farmers agronomically and, and be educated in terms of helping their villages in knowing more about what solutions are out there for the agriculture that's right there under their noses. That's really fascinating that, that you break it down that way and like what FMC does as a company, what your products do as a product category, and then from an equity point of view, kind of how you impact the world. I know when when I started first started working around sustainability, it would be like there'd be someone with your job in your office, and then you'd walk down the hall and people go, "Oh, act sustainable," you know, because Julie's here. But it really sounds like that it's really through the whole organization and all these different initiatives. That's amazing. Yeah, we say we have sixty five hundred employees working in sustainability, not not yeah. the small team that I have globally. And again, it's it's you know we're we want to protect the environment. Get, we're in the food systems. So we want to innovate for the future of agriculture. You know, sustainable sourcing, regenerative agriculture, it's all a movement that's coming. And it, and it makes sense, but it can't be done without solutions for farmers. And I think it's forgotten in the conversations that farmers are also having to deal with climate change. So, you know, if, if you ask, what do you do at FMC?, well, we're helping farmers minimize their impact on the on climate change, but also manage how the changing climate is impacting them because a cover cropping habitat may create a whole new space for insects to then jump out of the cotton when that's planted. So we have new <laughs> problems coming at farmers every day in all parts of the world and all parts of, of the different types of crops. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So talk a little about the partnerships or collaborations that FMC is engaged in to drive sustainability and climate action. Yeah, when, you know, focusing on the acre first, I mean, we have teams across the globe working on projects helping smallholders do more with less without increasing their impact on the in the environment. So we have projects in India, Pakistan, and Indonesia where our teams are working hand in hand to not just hand out a solution, but help farmers recognize that this agronomic uh, suite of offerings is increasing soil health. So maybe then there's less fertilizer needed. We also are working with the National Black Growers Council and helping them bring technologies to folks that haven't had access to it as consistently as more traditional farmers that have voices at their co-ops or their distributors, and that's here in the U.S. And then one thing that is not given enough credit for amongst the agricultural industry is stewardship. So we have under my office, a whole team of folks globally helping make sure our products are used correctly and that the, they're used on label, that 
everything from proper PPE, proper uh, environmental and weather conditions, time of year, even down to recycling the packaging, that that's shepherded or the stewardship is there to, to create success that farmers don't want to use more crop protection. It costs money. It costs time. There's a lot that goes, you know, very expensive equipment to, to spray it in some cases or to plant it in some cases, but there's, there's more that can be done. And I think it's um, always important to remember that responsible companies are out there hand in hand with farmers beyond just signing up for a, a, a donation to a, program, right? We, we're partners with them and we want to be close to our customers and farmers beyond just a formal third party getting in the middle of a program. But we have programs you know, with UNICEF. We have programs, like I said, with the National Black Growers Association. We do different programs with, with trade groups, with cooperative partners, distributors. It just depends where in the world and which crop. So what does regenerative agriculture mean to FMC and what are the core principles behind it and, and how does Climate Smart Ag fit into all that? Yeah, so at FMC, regenerative ag is a component of many things that we're doing in our solutions portfolio, right? So it's not just one product or one certain crop or one certain region. When we look at regenerative ag, you know, it's an outcomes-based approach where a specific farmer raising a specific crop is looking to enhance soil health, enhance biodiversity on their fields or surrounding fields, reduce emissions, sequester carbon. And depending on the offtaker of their crop, it could be uh, one of the major food companies that has different levels in their ag, their regen ag frameworks that the farmer's trying to achieve. So I guess what I'm trying to say is we're bringing solutions to farmers to help them enter into regen ag or continue in their regen ag journey and be part of this sustainable sourcing solution that crop offtakers are looking for. So what does that mean? It means we have a growing portfolio of biological solutions. It means we have a portfolio where we're looking at unique ways to apply products, whether it's very targeted, like part of an integrated pest management component or applied at planting and furrow so that a farmer doesn't have to come in later and spray a fungicide that reduces emissions, it reduces issues with any drift, we also have products that improve uh, root structure and stalk strength and diameter. So those plants are sequestering more carbon and uptaking more nutrients. Mm. We have a precision technology called Arc Farm Intelligence, which we, we allow farmers to use and helps them predict where pests are, are going to, when and where they're going to occur. So they can use less product and, and spray in a targeted way to do more. And it's, so it's, a, so is that like a software? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's an app. Um, is that like a software system? Yeah. Yeah. Arc Farm Intelligence where, you know, there's actual traps in the field that are monitoring pests coming in, the farmer's getting an alert. Okay. You see this beetle immediately. You want to go treat for it. Where should I go treat mm-hmm. for it before it um, takes over? Our biological solution is really interesting because it's pheromone. So it's not killing the in- insects, it's, it's stopping their mating. And so, you know, these are very important pieces 
that allow farmers to still have solutions to protect their crops, right? That's we're in the crop protection business. Without protecting crops, we're going to have more land come into production. That's going to decrease biodiversity and, and emit more carbon in the long run. We want fields to produce you know, the, the best yields and crops that they can with minimal impact on environmental and human health. So we also, in many different components of how we're looking at innovating on the acre, we're asking ourselves at every stage of our R&D process, every stage gate, is this new formulation, this new active ingredient, is this new tool in the way that it's going to be applied and used, is it more sustainable than what's on the market today? And that's a whole list of questions that come into play of, of all the different pieces. Is it you know, a more targeted application? Can it be a, a drone application where it's a very small amount sprayed in a targeted way with, without a human being involved with exposure? Or again, a, what our favorite product is Zyway, which can be at plant application. So there's not a fungicide being sprayed broadly across the field in that case. So where do we play in you know, climate smart solutions? We are a resource for farmers to get tools that help them protect their crops. Our tools are today and continue to advance in a sustainable way that allows them to participate in regenerative ag programs and frameworks. So it all depends on the crop. It all depends what the farmer's going for, right? If they're in parts of Kansas and they're looking at soil health and they're using a, a, a certain fungicide and now they want to plant in furrow, or if they're in the eastern shore of Maryland where they're already doing regenerative ag and they want to continue on that journey and try to get ahead of things with a pheromone uh, using ARC from intelligence. So it's not a one-size-fit-all by any means. Crop protection is just so important to remember and part of climate solutions, right? Again, not protecting crops on a field, we're going to have yields at risk. Then we're going to have land that's going to have to come into production to manage through, you know, climate change, also population growth, also as the world is looking for to get more and more out of every acre, whether it's um, yeah, or less acres, yeah. <laughs> we want the land to do everything right for us, and it and it really can. And <laughs> we recognize that we need to keep moving our our innovation pillar that's under you know sustainability here at FMC to advance agriculture in the pathway that does more with less. And again, you know, helping farmers manage through their impact on climate change by reducing it, but also understanding that climate change is coming for them. I mean, they've, they've got more yeah. volatility than ever, whether it's a, a pest, a fungus, a weed resistance, you name it. So what challenges do you anticipate for the adoption of this for climate smart agriculture practices and technologies? I guess, you know, from your point of view, a lot of what you're supplying is tools and it's kind of up to the grower, the producer to figure out, does this tool help me with my program? But how are you involved in in some of the adoption and kind of education of maybe this is a better practice to do? 
Yeah, so multifaceted ways, right? It depends on the even the part of the U.S. and the part of the, the globe where we're working of how we're educating the grower. It could be multifaceted through our, our teams as well as a distributor or through other outreaches through universities or other educate other educators. I think what's important to remember is farmers are going to their livelihoods depend on what happens on this acre, right? And they're also the first environmental steward of the land. And what keeps them up at night is, is protecting their business, their families, having these acres for the next generation, especially here in the United States, where so much of our, our agricultural production land is passed down generation to generation. And so what makes sense for them agronomically, financially? Can they get access, you know, if they need to change how they're planting into a cover crop? Can they get access to the planter that they need? Are those on the market? Are those mm-hmm. really available? Can they get the right mix of cover cropping that makes sense for their field to put in some legumes for nitrogen fixation? Can they get access if they do cover crop and a new pest shows up in that cover crop new habitat that's there now, can they get access to insecticide that they need to control that before it jumps into their commodity crop? So it's it's all dependent on the journey the farmer is looking to have. And, you know, we're, we're close to the grower. We're working to make sure that they have access to understanding the tools that we offer. It could vary by season. It could vary by their crop rotation. Again, I think it's often viewed as, you know, snap their fingers, farmers start doing regenerative ag, but that's not (laughs) not how it works. They may try it on some fields. You probably have heard folks say it takes, you know, one to three years for a farmer to really Mm -hmm. see the yield drag end and come back to where they need to be. Uh, And it all can depend on the weather patterns. So, the second avenue we have is to keep working with our our peers in the food system and in the agricultural value chain, whether it's a Cargill, an ADM, Nestle, Pepsi, SAI's International Regen Ag Framework, to say, okay, you know, just don't cut out crop protection solutions. Make sure they're modern. Make sure farmers mm-hmm. are using quality products with quality stewardship with support so that we don't create a black market for these products, right? Where all of a sudden a farmer's like, well, I grow this for this food company. They won't let me use this. I guess I'll go buy it from someone else or, you know, some sort of secondary ban shows up where it's forcing farmers to struggle when, when they shouldn't have to. So that's that's something we're keeping our eye on and, and just educating the value chain from start to finish in agriculture of where crop production needs to be protected with modern solutions that aren't from these aren't products from 1979. And, you know, we wouldn't want our doctors practicing medicine from 1979. Our farmers are not using technology from from eras past. So it's giving farmers <laughs> the the kind of the right to farm protect the crop in a way that's easy for them to start 
or continue the regenerative agriculture journey. And, and it's, it's not one dimensional. It's not one dimensional at all. Thanks, Julie. So finishing up here, can you talk about FMC's overall vision um, on sustainability and how the company is moving forward? So at FMC, you know, obviously sustainability is a, is a big part of our DNA. It's part of our culture. We've got it embedded across our own operations, our procurement teams, working upstream with our suppliers, with our R&D teams, making sure everything we bring, everything we bring in new solutions, whether it's active ingredient formulations, are more sustainable than what's on the market today. But you know, there's always more to do, right? We, we're tracking, as I mentioned, what others in the food system are asking farmers to do, whether they're asking them to start on a regenerative ag journey and, and be part of a supply shed to help a food company reach a certain target that they're looking for with uh, lower emissions or increase in soil health. We're watching how policies are coming forward and how that could be impacting farmers. And like I mentioned, we certainly want to make sure that we're not creating a situation with unintended consequences with land coming into production that we normally wouldn't have to bring into production or creating black markets for crop protection products because farmers don't have access to them suddenly. And I, I don't think we're, we're nervous of, about that yet. I think what we do want to be mindful of is that farmers have the, the capabilities and the desire to move forward in Regen Ag, but they need the support. So changing their agronomic system, having the access to what works for their environment, for their crop. And that can be different in one year to the next, different crop rotation to the next, like I mentioned. And I think we have built that in to our team at FMC. We wanna bring it more forward as time goes on, uh, I mentioned our biologicals, getting more and more opportunities out there for our pheromones to be used in combination with other solutions. So it's integrated pest management. So not one size fits all, one season fits all. And we wanna make sure that we're, we're being good global citizens and, and also protecting the needs of humanity. Thanks, Julie. I really appreciate your time and attention and commitment to sustainability and all the work that FMC is doing. So thank you very much. And we'll talk again soon. Bye. That's it for today's episode of Fresh Takes on Tech. This entire season on Climate Smart Agriculture is funded in part by a grant from USDA for Climate Smart Commodities. See you next time.